And join us now, the head coach who knows a thing or two about March Madness, a thing or three about Sweet 16 and Elite 8s, and he knows about a thing or four or five or six or maybe even 68 things with uh, the NCAA tournament. Does a fantastic job on CBS Sports, the one and only, the former head coach of Xavier, the former head coach at Providence, the former head coach at Virginia, my man Pete Gillen. T.C. Martin, great to be with you. You're a great American, and I support you and all your political endeavors. <laughs> there are no political endeavors for me, Pete. I am just, I, I go right down the middle with uh, all of these teams that are still alive in the March Madness. That's great. That's why, that's why you're, you're the best. You're a legend in your own mind. I know that. <laughs> Pete, what's going on, my friend? I want to know, how did you hold up over the first two rounds? My bracket had more holes than a big piece of Swiss cheese, but uh, we did okay. We, I, I, I had no idea. It was a tough, tough draw. I, you know, I, I thought that uh, Texas would get to the Final Four. They're still alive. I thought UCLA would get to the Final Four. They're still alive. Alabama, the heavy favorite, you know, as, as much as fair we can be, Alabama. But I picked Marquette. I, I thought Marquette would advance. I thought they'd win it, believe it or not. And they went down. They went down hard. So I've been hiding in a foxhole. In Virginia, so my, you know, detractors can't catch me. Those teams are still alive that you mentioned, and Pete Gillen is still alive, as we know, this time of year. We always have to acknowledge that, my friend. <laughs> yeah, Rex Chapman had me buried deep in the ground, but uh, I'm back. I wiggle my toes. I get out of the grave. I bit him in a sneaker, and here I am. I'm back. Pete, I'm with you with Marquette. I didn't have Marquette cutting down the nets, but I had Marquette going to the Final Four. Severe disappointment. You know, we've got we got two number ones that went bye-bye, two number twos that went bye-bye, Arizona and Marquette. But what happened with the Golden Eagles and Shaka Smart? Well, you know, there's a saying, John Rothstein, who I work with at CBS Sports Network, <clears throat> he said the months are January, February, and Izzo. You know, Izzo <laughs> just comes alive in March, and it was a great move by John, who's another great American. Uh, they... <clears throat> They played. They lost eight games in the Big Ten this year. The Big Ten, in all due respect, was solid, but not great. Not a great year. They lost eight games. I, I didn't see that coming. I hadn't seen them a lot, honestly, during the year. But they played great. They had two big wins, and they, you know, they outplayed Marquette. They played good D. Joey Hauser, transfer from Marquette, uh, did a great job. He he was terrific. And a, a guy named Walker, transfer from uh, back east, northeast, and was great. So uh, they played great. Played great defense and. Uh, they earned the win. So, uh, Marquette, you can't sleep on Tom Izzo in March, that's for sure. No, you're right about that. And when we look at the non-conference schedule that Izzo has in Michigan State, they play all the big boys, and they'll go through some streaks during the course of Big Ten conference play where they'll go through some losses and you know, kind of shake your head, and then, you know, they get a number seven seed, you know, because of that. But like you said, when that calendar flips to March, they're usually pretty strong in the Big Ten tournament, even though they flamed out this year. But then they just showed up big time. And I give Izzo a lot of credit, uh, you know, in this matchup. And I go to go kind of go back and say, man, I probably should have saw this thing coming, uh, you know, with Marquette. I mean, battle tested in the Big East, but really not that great of a non-conference uh, slate there. And it just seems that Tom Izzo has the horses and he has the game plan. What makes him so good as a coach, as a recruiter, as a, as a guy that relates to kids? And more importantly, Pete, they can get it done in the tournament. It's a great question. Uh, he just, uh, you know, he tells us straight. He gives them tough love. You know, he's tough on them, but he tells me he loves them. 
he's emotional. I mean, he cries when supermarkets open, so the kids see that he, uh, you know, he's a very emotional guy. Uh, but he's with them, and, and they get better. They do the fundamentals, old school. Doesn't take a million transfers. He has a couple, you know, with Hauser and Walker, but not a million transfers. So uh, I think they just get better and better. You hit it in the head, D.C., they play a tough schedule. So they're battle-tested by the time the end of the season comes from the Big Ten and non-conference. They play, you know, really tough schedule early in the season, non-conference. So uh, they have good guards. And they play smart. So, uh, uh, you know, they're tough to beat. They don't beat themselves. They take care of the basketball, right? They take good shots. I mean, uh, you know, the turnovers, only 11 turnovers a game, which is pretty good, you know, and they, they hold people 42%. And they defended three. The people only shoot 31% from downtown against them, and people only score 67 a game. So <clears throat> he does what it takes to win. He's a smart coach, and uh, he, he connects with the players, and, and the kids believe him. They believe in him, believe in him and uh, he, he takes them to the promised land very often. You know, Pete, you're a Brooklyn guy, right? I mean, what, what do you know about supermarkets opening? I mean, I can't, I, you, I don't even know where that comes from. You're the only guy I've ever heard say that, that you cry, uh, when supermarkets open. I mean, you, you know about corner taverns and corner stores. Uh, you don't know anything about supermarket. Where, and who cries when a supermarket opens? I do. I cry when I see law and order reruns. I'm an emotional guy. That's Keith. true. You are. You, you were born. You were born on third base. You had everything. I was born not even in the dugout. I was outside trying to get into the stadium. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah Pete, but, difference. But Pete, you had no problem getting to third base back in the day. We know that. <laughs> I did. Okay. I did okay, and then I, I then I fell asleep, and they tagged me out. You know, but uh, uh, I did okay in my time. Uh, I'm living on memories. You know, some are good, some are bad, but I'm living on memories. Pete Gillen does a fantastic job with the CBS Sports, of course, the former coach himself. Pete, what happened to Purdue? Losing to Fairleigh Dickinson. Explain this one to me. Well, I I go back with Tobin Anderson a long time. He's from the Midwest, but I work with him at the five-star basketball camp. Tobin is the Head coach uh, at Fairleigh Dickinson, as you know. Now he's the head coach at Iona. Yes, the the breaking news. Uh, Let's hit it. Because he he is now taking over for Iona. Uh, Rick Pitino leaves to take the uh, job at St. John's. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But, yeah, Tobin Anderson is now the head coach at Iona. Parlayed uh, that that, uh, job from FDU goes from Jersey to New York. I mean, what, uh, there you go. What, what what tunnel do you take to go from uh, FDU to Iona, Pete? That's what I want to know. Well, you have a lot, of, a lot of tokens to get over the George Washington Bridge. That's important, you okay. know, from Jersey to New York. But uh, I know Tobin a long time. We worked at the five-star basketball camp for many years. I went to his dinner this year, his uh, basketball dinner early in the season at Fairleigh Dickinson uh, in uh, late October, early November. And I, I, we go back a long way. And to answer your question, the style. Purdue, Matt Payne is a great coach, but they hadn't seen a style like Fairley Dickinson. Little road runners biting you in a sneaker, you know what I mean? Biting your kneecaps and, you know, feisty little quick guys. And they threw it into Edie, the big seven foot four All American, had three or four guys around them. And sadly, when they kicked it out, Purdue couldn't make an outside shot. They were five for 26 from three point land, which is under 20%. So they, uh, you know what I mean? They, they, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't make shots. They, they you know, they too many three. Threes they were missing, and the quickness. They went by them, you know, little roadrunners, dribble penetration, getting to the rim and kicking it out for open three. So uh, the style of play really gave Purdue trouble because in the Big Ten, it's a half-court, slug you, punch you, you know what I mean? Half-court, man, mano-a-mano wrestling match. Well, they hadn't seen little guys five foot eight, 
biting him in the kneecaps, you know, trying to bring the ball off the court and pushing a break. So the style really gave Purdue trouble, and they took away the big guy. And unfortunately, Edie was great. He had over 20 points and, you know, double-figure rebounds, but he didn't get enough help, and that was the difference. And the two freshmen, Lawyer all right, and Smith, Braden Smith, two terrific freshmen, but they play like freshmen. You know, uh, one of them had seven turnovers. Braden Smith had seven turnovers, a TC in the game, and that's 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 a disaster. So the turnovers really hurt Purdue, and the style, the quickness of Fairley Dickinson, that was a difference. But it was the greatest uh, upset ever in the history of the NCAA tournament. We know that UMBC beat uh, Virginia a number of years ago, but UMBC was a pretty solid team. This mm. team didn't, you know what I mean? This team had two Division two guys playing, starting for them. They didn't even win their conference tournament. Merrimack, who you know, won it, but they weren't. They were transitioning from Division right. two, ineligible. They to, weren't eligible, right? So you, a team that beats the number one, you know, one of the number one seeds, wasn't even the pure winner of their conference tournament. They were like nineteen and fifteen. So I, I think it was the greatest upset ever, and uh, mainly because of style of play and uh, uh, Edie, the great big guy for Purdue, didn't get enough help. And remember, Pete, this team won four games last year. FDU, right? Four games. Exactly. You do your homework. That's what I love about you, TC. You peel back the onion. Other, you know, hosts. You know what I mean? They're living on memories. That's true. They're, you know, well, I, they're, they're silk suiters. I, you wear the gabardine, and you know what I mean, and the good rustic clothes. And I grill my onions too, Pete. I love a good grilled onions. Give me the grilled onions on 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 a Chicago dog with the mustard, and I'm good to go with a poppy seed bun. Can we do that? That's living. That's living a dream. That's why you're the man. You know what I mean? You you handle it any situation. You're you're uh, you're like scrambled eggs. You're all over the place. Other upsets, Pete. I look. I do like scrambled eggs. There's no question. Forget that sunny side up stuff. Uh, you know, Kansas loses, but Arkansas does not look anything like an eight seed, and we're going to see them here in Vegas. Arizona loses to Princeton, and we've seen this song and dance before, right? Where Princeton comes in and upsets some yep. Goliaths. It's been a while, but uh, the 15 seed. So, talk a little bit about about those, you know, one and other two seeds that bailed out early again. Well, uh, Arkansas. Eric Musselman is a terrific coach, very intense. He was an NBA coach, as you know, for a number of years. Uh, I had his game last year when uh, Kentucky played at Arkansas on, on CBS. <clears throat> They beat Kentucky, who had a really good team last year. Um, and uh, they got Ricky Council, the fourth, a transfer, Wichita State. And Nick Smith, the tremendous freshman, was considered by some the best freshman in the country. And he, he's having ups and downs. But they uh, they got good balance. They can score from all different spots. And they're very aggressive, very intense. Now they're playing UConn. And uh, Danny Hurley, I know a long time. I saw them practice, too. Uh, you know, you were eating eggs Benedict, you know, uh, on the strip in Las Vegas. I watched them practice. And... Uh, uh, Adama Sonogo is terrific, the big guy for UConn. I don't know if Arkansas can handle him, right? And a guy named Jordan Hawkins, sophomore wing, is a tremendous scorer. He's very good. So it should be a heck of a game. I, I think uh, UConn comes out in a real good battle because of the big guy, Adama Sonogo, for Connecticut. All right, we're getting ready for that game with UConn and Arkansas here in Vegas. Pete, talk a little bit uh, about this matchup because, you know, UConn, it, to me, they seem like the they have the most depth. Uh, they they got guys that come off the bench and score. You mentioned Sonogo, one of the best rebounding teams in the country. And this Arkansas team, they are a little bit schizo. You don't know what you're going to get. Tremendous athleticism. Um, yep. You know, they, they've got some guys back from injury, but then they, they lost another guy uh, coming back last weekend as well, too. How do you see this game matching up? And And let's start with this game as we go down the Sweet 16 matchups. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think you got <clears throat> excuse me a little too tough for them on the boards. You know, they're they're big and physical. Uh, they have a young man coming off the bench uh, who's a terrific rebounder uh, named Donovan Klingen. You know, he's a seven foot one guy. He comes in, he he plays about thirteen, fourteen minutes, so he helps them off the board. So <clears throat> Connecticut's really deep. You know, Andre Jackson's a very good player. I just think they score too much. Uh, they uh, average seventy nine points a game. UConn, as you said. Um, uh, Arkansas is very good. They're very athletic, but they're streaky. Sometimes their shot selection isn't great. So I, I think UConn is a little more solid fundamentally. I think it'd be a good game, but I think UConn inside scoring uh, is going to be too much, I think, for the Arkansas Razorbacks. UCLA and Gonzaga. We remember this game two years ago, the Jalen Suggs half-court shot that uh, propelled Gonzaga uh, into the championship game, that Final Four game, uh, then you know UCLA still has a couple players that still remember that feeling. You know, Tiger Campbell, Jaime Hawkes, j- just to name a couple. There, talk a little bit about this game, Pete. How do you see UCLA and Gonzaga? Should be a great game. It's a great offensive team in Gonzaga. Right, the leading scoring team in the country, eighty-seven points a game, and the leading field goal percentage team on offense in the country, fifty-three percent. They shoot from the field. Uh, but UCLA is an outstanding defensive team. So you got great offense from Gonzaga, great defense from UCLA. UCLA holds their opponents to 60 points a game. So what's going to give? Is it Gonzaga going to get 87 like every game? Or they, you know, is UCLA going to hold their opponent to 60? And UCLA gives up only 41% from the field on their opponents from shooting, right? And once again, you know, Gonzaga shoots uh, 53%. So <clears throat> you got different styles. I'm, uh, I'm going to go with the Bruins of UCLA. Uh, and, uh, I think it's a, a coin toss once again, but I think I like about UCLA. I think they have the best one, two combination in the country and veterans, right? Jaime Hawkes and Tiger Campbell. Those guys have been around, right? Since Moby Dick was a minnow, they've been around a long time and, uh, they take care of the ball. They shoot it very well. They can knock down threes. Both of them shoot threes pretty well. Hawkes is unbelievable. Uh, eight rebounds a game, you know, and shooting 48% from the field. And they, they got some pretty good depth. Amari Bailey's a good player. As you know, they lost Jalen Clark. That hurts him. A young kid who's hurt. He's out. But Adema Bono is a big guy inside. It helps. So I think, uh, that they're, you know, UCLA is pretty deep. The defense travels, I think. And I think they're going to remember that game, losing a heartbreak, you know, to Gonzaga. So I think it's a, a once again, <clears throat> a coin toss game. Anybody can win. Uh, but I, I know Mick a long time. He was a little roadrunner in Cincinnati. He was a JV coach at Woodward High School while I was at Xavier. And, and uh, you know, he's very intense. You know, he's very, very feisty. He bites you in a sneaker, too, if you knock them on the ground. So you got to watch Mick Cronin. But uh, I'm going to go with Mick, uh, and I think that's going to be a, a terrific game. Gonzaga, I'm a little down on it. Knocked off my Xavier team by one way back, you know, a long time <laughs> ago. So, so maybe it's a little bit of Irish uh, grudge. But uh, I, I love Mark Few, great coach. But I'm going Mick Cronin in a real close battle because of their defense and because of the veterans, Jaime Hawkes and Tiger Campbell, <clears throat> I think they'll pull them through. How much does Mick Cronin use the revenge factor? Because there are guys on this team that were there two years ago, and they remember this. And, and again, how much did you use it yourself back in the day? I used everything. I threw the kitchen sink at people. I said, this guy screamed at your mother. This guy called your father a dirt ball. I used everything I could use. <laughs> but uh, I don't think so because two years ago, it's a long time. Yeah. Young players, you know what I mean? They, they, they have amnesia. <clears throat> they don't know what happened yesterday. They're looking on their phone and see what's the new news or what's the new stat or what's the new scandal. So I don't think he'll use that much. <clears throat> but 
I think, you know, once again, it's a battle for the supremacy in the West. Gonzaga's been great. UCLA's been great. So I think it's a wonderful game. It's one of my favorite matchups, you know, in the Sweet 16. Uh, but once again, another coin toss game. But I think UCLA with their defense, I mean, I think, once again, Drew Timmy's going to get his 22, 24 points. But uh, I think, that, you know, I don't know if he's going to get enough help. You know, Straw is good, but I don't know if they have enough help. I think UCLA's a little more balanced. All right, Pete, let's look ahead then to Saturday. UConn-UCLA. Who you got? Ooh, ooh, I'd love to go with Danny Hurley, uh, Eastern guy. I'm mad at him, too. I'm mad at the world, TC. Well, of course. I, I tried to, yeah, I, I tried to hire his father, Danny, Bob Hurley, senior, when I got the job at Xavier. You know what I mean? You know, right around the turn of the century. I don't know which century, but it was a long time ago. Uh, uh, tried to, no, 1985, when I got my first head job at Xavier, Bob Hurley, senior, was in the Naismith Hall of Fame. As you know, I tried to hire him. He come down with his wife, Chris. We showed him around a day and a half. And then Danny and Bobby said, no, Dad, we got to stay here. We're going to stay here. stick around with our friends, Three-Fingered Willie and Batman, Bullhead, Ice and Dice. And they were the cheerleaders. You got to stick around with them. So, uh, unfortunately, Bob Hurley didn't come, but uh, I'm not holding out a grudge. But I, I got to go with UCLA. I think, once again, their defense, <clears throat> their athleticism is going to beat UConn in a real, another terrific game. These games are all... You know, coin tosses, TC. Very tough to pick. It sounds like the Lords of Flatbush there. I mean, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> there, there's a reference. How about that? I believe that was Brooklyn as well, too, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh. But three-finger Willie, he's back. He got out of jail. He's doing well, in case you want to know. <laughs> All right, let's go to the East. Uh, let's go to the Garden. Let's talk about what's happening here when K-State and Michigan State. We talked about Tom Izzo. K-State picked to finish last in the conference. They put it together. Uh Love. Love the point guard that they've got in Marquise Noel over there. How's K-State matchup against Michigan State? Yeah, I agree with you. Marquise Noel is unbelievable. <clears throat> Transfer from uh, Little Rock. Uh, he's a New York City guy. He yeah. averaged like 17 a game. He's unbelievable in their last game and their big victory for K-State. Uh, and Keontae Johnson transferred from Florida. He had a heart issue, sadly, a couple of years ago, but thank God he's back. Uh, it should be a great game. And Jerome Tang is a uh, emotional coach, a leader, but I think Michigan State. I think the, the defense is going to be tough. Uh, I think they'll slow down uh, Noel a little bit. Noel will still get his shots off. I mean, it feels like Leather's going to shoot it. He's not afraid to air it out, you know, for sure. All but right. <clears throat> but I, I, I think Michigan State beats K State. I think it's going to be, you know, once again, Izzo time. He's a super coach, and you got a good point guard in AJ Hogart, Michigan State. So uh, I think uh, a close game. But I'm going to go with the Spartans. I think right now they're peaking. You know, they, they beat some good teams. And at the knockoff, Marquette, I was very impressed with that. They beat them solidly. So I'm going to go with Marquette in a close game. Once again, these games here, all coin toss games, TC, you know. But I think they beat Kansas State and the, the dream's over. And then you got Tennessee and Florida Atlantic. Uh, obviously, one of the Cinderella stories along with Princeton left in this tournament. Tennessee just beat up Duke, Pete. Uh, they just beat him up. They bullied him here. Uh, does the Florida Atlantic uh, run come to an end or can they shock Tennessee? You know, I, I agree. I think the same thing. Tennessee, very physical. I followed Rick Barnes at Providence. He was the head coach of Providence, as you know, for a while. Went to Clemson. And I came in from Xavier to Providence, and his team was very good defensively then, you know, and uh, very sound. So I inherited a very good team, and we did okay. I uh, did well, and uh, went to the NIT that year, but we, we did well. And uh, he's a terrific coach. So I think the physicality, the strength, the power of Tennessee, I think is uh, a little too much, for, you know, for Florida Atlantic. I mean, uh, they, they had a great run. You know, they did a wonderful job, over 30 wins. But now they're running into a big physical SEC team. 
you know, who's, who's playing very well right now. So I, I think uh, Tennessee is going to be uh, a little bit too tough for them. I, I think, you know, uh, you know, Santiago uh, Viscovi is a terrific guard. He can wing player. He, he's really tough. So I, I think you know, Tennessee with their physical defense. I mean, they locked Duke up. Duke was the hottest team in the country, right? Ten in a row. Yeah. Duke got 52 points. They couldn't score. I mean, Tennessee, you know, as you know, is one of the best defensive teams in the country. They hold people to 37% from the field. Hmm. That's 37%. It's third best in the country. The field goal percentage defense. And they hold people to 58 points, uh, uh, you know, from the from the field, you know, 58, it's like third in the country. So they're a great defensive team. You know, they don't score great by 71 a game, but, uh, the Scobie's very good. He does a great job. And so I, I think the the defense physicality, they're going to beat up, uh, Florida Atlantic and, you know, the referees, they got to call the game. It, it supposedly is a rule 10.1-4. So I studied the rule book where you're <laughs> working well in the dice in Vegas. I'm studying the rule book, but 10.1-4 is freedom of movement. Well, Duke had no freedom of movement. They, they got bludgeoned, you know. So hopefully the referees will call a little tight to give Florida Atlantic a chance. All right, uh, Pete, let's real quick before we let you go, talk about the Rick Patino hiring at St. John's and Ed Cooley going from Providence to Georgetown. Uh, you know these guys are really well. What is your take on, on that? And let's start with Patino going to St. John's. Well, you know, as you might know, I worked with Rick Patino for a year in the University of Hawaii. You know, yeah. he flew over there. I had to swim the Pacific, so it was a little different. They wanted him a little more than me. But he was there two years. I was there one. I know Rick Well, great coach, Hall of Fame coach, as you know, Naismith Hall of Fame. He wanted to get back to the big time. He loved Iona, but, hey, he's a Long Island guy right outside of St. John's in Queens. So he wanted to get back home. You know, he'll be a bit of king of New York. He's a great coach. He'll get him going again. <clears throat> he'll get transfers. He'll get guys coming in, you know, out of the woodwork, you know, and he'll, he'll do a great job there. Uh, and once again, I want to get the big time. Ed Cooley, uh, I was at Providence for four years. Ed was there 12 years. And I think, you know, sometimes if you're at a school, TC, for too long, you get a little burnt out. So I think even though he's from Providence, he had great success there. He got a little burnt out, I think, and he needed a change. His mentor was John Thompson, the second Lord of Mercy on Big John. I was his mentor. So he always loved Georgetown. He loved John Thompson, who passed away, sadly, a few years ago. So part of that was a dream, hey, to go to Georgetown. So he loved Providence, but, you know, he got a little burnt out. And Providence fans are tough, too. They're, they're, they're tough. You know, when if you miss, you don't win the jump ball, they boo you. You know what I mean? So you got to, you know, they're, they're, you know, a demanding crowd. I loved it there. It's a great school, but they're demanding. So I think Ed got a little burnt out after 12 years, so he wanted to change. And he'll do a great job. So the Big East is going to be loaded now, mm-hmm. right? With Shaka Smart on a roll, Danny Hurley at UConn's on a roll. Patino, Cooley, all right, the guy at Creighton done a great job. McDermott, right? He's yeah. terrific. So um, the Big East is back. So uh, uh, Villanova, I'm sure they'll get it going. Neptune. Uh, so uh, yeah, the Big East is uh, is, is doing well, and uh, I think it's it's going to be exciting having. Cooley and Patino, along with those other great coaches. Hey, he is Pete Gillen. He knows the Big East better than anybody. He knows all of the the landscape of uh, college basketball. We appreciate you, my man. And uh, I know you'll be uh, back on the CBS Sports Network uh, doing uh, work over the weekend, correct? Yep, I'll be working Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So while you're having a Mai Tai in Vegas, I'll be picking glass out of my eye on the studio. Set. We talk about, I'm on my way. I'm, 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 I'm heading to T-Mobile Arena. We're going. Here we go. We're getting ready That's for good. it right now. The West Regional. I'll be there, Pete. And hopefully you can get to Houston so I can see you next week in Houston. Yeah. Because we, we have to have a, a meal together, my friend. 
Definitely. I'm going to Houston. I'm walking. You know, they don't want to pay me to fly there. So I'm going to walk. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave probably Monday morning around 6 a.m. So I'll get there probably Friday. So maybe we can hook up for a, a cup of coffee or an adult beverage. Why don't we get I don't do coffee, Pete. I'll be looking for you. You'll be the guy with the bunions. That'll be you. There you go. I'll be the bunion. <laughs> the bunion, you know. And a bag around my head because I'm freaking crushed, you know, just sunburned. You know? Don't don't so, don't worry, Pete. You get plenty of vacation, you know, after uh, you know April the fourth. Okay, don't worry about it. I need it. I go. need a I need I need a decade off. I need a decade. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for the memories, TC. It was always great being with you. Continue success and enjoy the West Regional. I'd love to be out there with you guys, but be watching. It should be fun. All right. Look forward to seeing you in Houston. We'll uh, get you back on the show as we preview the final four, my friend. Appreciate you. Take care, my friend. Thank you, TC. Thank you. There he is. Pete Gillen, one of the best. One of the best. Coaches back in the day does a fantastic job analyzing it all for CBS.